Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to a Baby Bowl edition, week number four, where we cover week number three, and we talk to the champion from week number three. It's always an exciting time for Rob Norton and I. I am, of course, Wes Easley, one of your hosts, at Loafing It over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. But, Rob, I think one of our favorite things to do, besides talking baseball, we talked a lot of baseball this offseason on the Baby Bowl, and I mm-hmm. think both of us developed a real big passion for talking about that. I know we both had a, a passion for it before we actually started talking talking about it but once we started talking about it i was like oh boy rob nerds out on baseball too that sounds great that sounds like a great time <laughs> uh but don't forget to follow norton rob norton at norton 0723 over on twitter but we love talking to the champion each and every week rob and we got that opportunity again this week absolutely yeah it's one of the best things um every every week uh getting to meet someone new or or you know getting to uh getting to uh talk to someone we've haven't talked to for a while so that's uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it is. And and Rob Norton writes for Last Word on Sports too, by the way. So make sure you follow him on Twitter because he's posting all these different articles. And we'd like to go over the DraftKings stuff here uh, to mix in with the Baby Bowl a little bit towards the end of this week. Uh, but Rob always puts out the DraftKings articles, start and sit articles, and everything like that over on Last Word on Sports. And also, Rob, you're also doing a a little guest appearance. I guess I don't know, regular guest appearance, a regular appearance on uh, which podcast is that? It's with the uh, guys, the guys over there on Dad Bod Fantasy Squad. It's uh, at Dad Bod FS on Twitter. Uh, yeah, every uh, every Tuesday I'll be on with them with uh, Rob and uh, Mario and uh, yeah, just some some really cool guys, all of them, all the way through. So uh, I've been having a blast uh, talking talking. We we could kind of recap the uh, afternoon Sunday games and the uh, the the primetime games, and then we kind of go over waiver wire. Uh, ads and things like that since it's a Tuesday episode, so it's it's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, waiver wire stuff that was really big this week. Uh, did you happen to get Romeo Dobbs anywhere? Is this Dobbs or Dubs? It's Dobbs, isn't it? I think it's Dobbs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh I I got Romeo Dobbs in a in a, a few leagues, and um I got uh I put in a lot for guys like Jamal Williams and Khalil Herbert where they were available. Oh, yeah. uh, shallower leagues, of course, but um, I went pretty heavy on those guys, and yeah, those those were kind of the main main targets. Those three, yeah, Khalil Herbert, boy, that's a big one right there. And and I know in the off season, out of Chicago and out of House Hall, they were really talking about Khalil Herbert getting a lot of run there, and of course, a David Montgomery injury helps that out a little bit. But he was looked really impressive. Who did you want more? Did you did you want uh, Dobbs or did you want? I guess it uh, depends on your team needs. Or did you did you want the running back? Went for more for the running back, just because just because Dobbs like I, I was encouraged, and it's just still you know questionable on on you know rest of the season. Whereas uh, Jamal and and uh, Herbert, like if they're starting this week, which looks like they should be, they should be in line for some big games. I would think. Definitely. Hey, we get a chance to talk to the champion of week number three of the Baby Bowl while we're kind of watching football at the same time a little bit here mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Now, <laughs> you know, I was you know, I was listening to Rob. I was listening to the podcast back again, see where I could improve a little bit. I'm like, Wes, you just sound tired whenever you do that. And I do. I wake up early on Thursdays and we get a record. And a lot of times this doesn't happen until like eight thirty, nine o'clock central time. And for you, Rob, that's putting you at 10 o'clock Eastern time, I believe. 
but mm-hmm. I have no idea. I am uh, I am terrible with time zones. So let me bring in Juan Signs, our champion from Hawaii's week number three champion at the Baby Bowl, a regular, I think, on the Baby Bowl at this point, because Juan, you've been on here before, and it is a pleasure talking to you again, buddy. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. It's good. What what time is it there right now in Hawaii, being 8.30 uh, Central Time here in Alabama? Uh, 3.30 right now. A.M. or P.M.? Uh, P.M. P.M. That's not bad, is it? That's not no. bad at all. I thought it was a lot worse. I, I have no idea about time zones, Juan, at all. I got a buddy who lives in Arizona, which is like, I think, Pacific time, so he's behind me. People like Rob's in front of me. You're way behind <laughs> me. And whenever you do a podcast, it's always like, okay, what time zone is it and everything? Pierre, uh, of course, on the DFS Dreamer podcast, he always he always makes sure I know what time zone it is because I can get confused real fast, Juan. You've probably been dealing with that your whole life, though. Yeah, being over here, it's it's easy for me because I always stay in one spot, but everyone else kind of moves with the time changes and stuff. So I always have an easy time, but it's pretty good. You got one time zone there on the island? Is that what you have? Yeah, it never changes. Okay. So, yeah, it just stays one. Everyone else moves, like, further or closer to us when they move. Okay. Because right now, now I think it's six hours east coast. Okay, yep. East Coast, six hours. All right, so Rob, whenever they put the little thing on the TV, and this is <laughs> this this is my time zone inadequacies right here. Whenever they put the stuff on the TV, like like they'll say game starts at seven o'clock Eastern, six o'clock Central, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they put like three o'clock Hawaiian time on the on the television in Hawaii? I, I don't know how they do that. I don't know. I was always <laughs> I was wondering that. It was it's crazy too because I was thinking about it. I was just doing trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like. And I mean, 7 a.m. games are starting. Oh my! They're starting over there. The the one o'clock slate is 7 a.m. over uh over there. So you uh might be Juan. You're probably getting up early to watch those uh, that first slate, huh? For me, I love it because I get up early anyways for like my job, and so for me, I get to wake up and watch football right away. It's like the mid games are done before noon, and then the the late game starts at like 2:15. Right. Sense, yeah. <laughs> so it's like all day you get to sometimes though I miss football because I have a lot of family events and stuff to go to and birthday parties and right now I'm coaching soccer so on Sundays I'm usually at the field until like 12 o'clock <laughs> <laughs> wow and, and soccer's a real big thing in there in Hawaii is that is that like the biggest sport there by the youth or how how's that working yeah for the youth yeah it's probably the soccer and football or the two and basketball actually those three are the pretty big ones um but uh, i run my own soccer club out here with five teams on it so we have that every week and stuff. yeah all my kids play on it so it's pretty cool and you're still are you still whipping up the hollandaise sauce for the eggs you still have the food truck and everything every day still pumping yep now we're five days a week we were four days for a long time and then we went to five so just me and my wife still though it's just us two that run it daily so it's can't go seven it's too much well, all those kids have got to be getting older, Rob, uh, for for Juan. So they'll be have a lot, a lot of cheap labor here pretty soon, probably. Is what he's going to have. <laughs> Definitely hey, sounds dude. like it. Juan, you had you put together a lineup last week, and I, I, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong. Last week was really just a weird fantasy week. There was a lot of players who just didn't produce to 
their potential as far as I was concerned and what they should have done. So, Juan, you navigated that really well. You had Kirk Cousins in there as your quarterback, and he put up 18 baby bowl points. And you also put uh, Christian Kirk, I guess, there for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He put up 19 points. You put two Kirks in there, and they just about had the identical point scores for the baby bowl. You got a CD Lamb in there on a Sunday night uh, football game. that He gave you 23, or is that a Monday night game? It was a Monday night game? CD Lamb is Monday. Yeah, 20, Monday 23 night. baby bowl points. So you closed it out real strong there, and you were smart enough to put Kyle Pitts in there. You weren't scared. You didn't hesitate putting Kyle Pitts in there uh, for 14 baby bowl points. What did you see in Kyle Pitts last week? There was you just like were you just like, hey, yeah, uh, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be good. I'm going to put him in there. Everyone's been I feel like on him, you know, like just it's got to be his game. It's got to be his game, and every week it's kind of a little bit better. I feel like, and I just was taking the chance. I wanted to do it. I, I can't blame you there. It, it's really coming around there. I think Drake London is grabbing a lot of attention from the defensive side of things, and that's going to open up some stuff for Kyle Pitts. So that was a smart move. I want to know, when you decided to play uh, Russell Gage for Tampa Bay, he gave you 25 baby bowl points, and I think that that may have been what separated you from the crowd. When did you decide to put him in there? Was it after all the injury news? Uh, and, and or, or like throughout the week, you said Mike Evans ain't playing. I doubt if anybody else is going to be playing too. And, and Cole Beasley's his only other option. So I'm putting Russell Gage in there because Russell Gage hasn't produced really all year. But man, you found him when he did. Yeah, you know. So this year's strategy for me is set the lineup, and unless an injury happens or something, then I'll go change it. Because last year. I would set it and then go mess with it, and I'd always, always mess myself up. So this year, I literally set it, and I was like, all right, if Godwin or Evans, I knew Evans was out, but I was like, if Godwin comes, I'm probably not going to play him. So I left it, and then I found out about the news and just let it go. So it kind of like, that's my thing this year, set it one time and try not to change it unless you like got to replace an injury or something. That's good. That's good. Uh, Rob, he put Najee Harris in there as well. Najee Harris uh, has not produced that much. I know we've talked about Pittsburgh having a bad offensive line and everything. Mitch Trubisky is not helping that at all because I don't think defenses are really afraid of Mitch Trubisky and his ac- accuracy with those wide receivers. As far as the wide receivers go, Deontay Johnson's the only one per- really producing there for Pittsburgh. How do you think Najee's outlook is looking for the rest of the year, Rob? Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty low on him. I was pretty low heading in, so it might be a little confirmation bias, I guess. But I was worried about him. Like I, w- I didn't have him, you know, crazy low. I had him like a, as a back end RB one, um, and, it, and I still have him probably around there, like RB twelve. You know, um, I had him, I think RB ten heading into the year, and that was mostly because he was he was last year. I mean, he was awesome, but he was RB eight in points per game on a on a points per game weekly basis. And that was with getting like the most volume in the league. And there was, I was in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, there's no way that volume goes up from what it was last year. Not to mention, um, with Ben gone, I was expecting a lot of the checkdowns to, to, uh, go away. So I kind of dropped him from, you know, 90 some targets and 74 catches down to like 60 targets, 55, 50, 50 to 55 catches. And he's, and that's where I kind of like, went around and I figured the the uh, the line was still going to be pretty rough 
and uh, I wasn't expecting them to be one of the better offenses in the league or anything like that. So mostly I was just worried about that pa- that pass catching coming down and not enough efficiency increase to really offset it. So yeah, I, I still and I still looking like exactly like that right now. Um, so I still have nothing to think like anything otherwise. So I still have them like right around RB twelve. I'd probably sell them if I could if I, if I had them in most leagues. Yeah, so he's not a buy low candidate at all, or a buy candidate. You you would think that he, if he has a good game, sell high. <laughs> Is that yeah, saying? yeah, yeah. I w- I would, I would. Like, I just, I'm just so worried about like the the yeah. the whole offensive environment and not being able to get enough pass catches to offset that. So yeah, if the rookie ever gets a chance to play at quarterback and wide receiver. <laughs> Those guys get so frustrated <laughs> with Mitch. You saw, you saw. Uh, what's yeah. it, was Pickett Pickett's his name? Is that the wide receiver? Oh, Pickens, yeah, George Pickens. Pickens. Yeah, he was so frustrated with Mitch Trubisky, and it's weird to see that because usually a uh, rookie is not that vocal, but obviously that that's going on. It's, it, I think Mitch's days are numbered there. And uh, Juan, you were telling me a little story before we went on the air that you brought in a ringer to pick your last running back here, Saquon Barkley, who gave you 23 baby bowl points. Uh, you, you, who, did you bring some of that free labor in to make one of these picks for you? I tell you what, you, when you have your kids, you gotta let them do some of the picks for you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> My son is really into football with me, and I've kind of given him a little pick here and there, and he he picked good for me this weekend. He his pick was Saquon. Okay, Cadence, are you there? Is this is this Cadence there able to talk right now? Yeah, hold on. Okay, all right, Rob, we're gonna talk to the youngest person that was playing the baby bowl i think yeah. now at this point we never had a chance to talk to hutch last year uh so now we're going to talk to cadence who is a who is a i've heard he's a savant when it comes to fantasy football his dad just keeps bragging about him playing fantasy football cadence are you there yeah uh, you are there say hi to rob norton norton say hi to cadence hey cadence how you doing man good good now what made you want to pick saquon barkley is he one of your favorite players uh, I just like him. You like yeah. him? He's fa- he's fast, isn't he? Yeah. Man, I saw him make a jump cut the other day, Rob, where he took off from the right-hand side. He jump cut the Dallas Cowboys, and he took off. Uh, Cadence, he's one of my favorite players to watch, too, when he played mm-hmm. at Penn State. He was much-see television for me, must-see TV for me whenever he played there at Penn State. Do you have a, a, a favorite jersey? Do you have a Saquon Barkley jersey, or whose jersey do you have? Uh, I have Broncos jerseys mainly because that's my team. Broncos? Yeah. Who's your favorite player on the Broncos? Judy. Oh, Judy, Judy, Judy. You like the uh, Jerry Judy too, don't you, Rob? Yeah, yeah, Jerry Judy. He's he's a he's a good player. Yeah, he's from the University of Alabama as well. I'm surprised you don't have a Tua Tagovailoa jersey. Isn't he from Hawaii? Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta get your dad to get you one of those Tua jerseys, or uh, Cadence. Maybe I need to use you right now to ask Rob Norton to make a baby bowl football jersey. Is what we need to do and and sell those. That that'd be really cool. Yeah. Have you been watching? How excited does your dad get whenever Sundays come around and he's playing in the baby bowl? Does he get like really really excited there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Uh, very good, Kate. It's good job picking Saquon Barkley. I look forward to getting some more of your picks later on this year and, and maybe having you back on this Baby Bowl podcast. Good job, bud. Great Thanks. job, Cadence. All, All right. right. Hey, 
Yeah, that was cool, Juan. You got the he's whole family shy. involved. No, he did. He did great. He's a little shy, but he does. He he loves it. He's a lot more talkative when it's just me and him, you know. But <laughs> I'm I'm intimidating like that. Hey, good lineup though. Uh, uh, good good lineup, Rob. Oh, Juan. I'm sorry. That's like 120, <laughs> 130 points. I didn't write that down. So you got like 130 baby bowl points, I think, last week somewhere in that yeah. neighborhood. All right, it was, all right, all, it was a lower one. All right. Yeah, it was, but that like it was a weird week, man. It was weird, really weird, Rob. We had two of the highest scores ever in the Baby Bowl the first couple of weeks, and then this yeah. week it was just a stinker all the way through. It felt like it was. It was like I mean, I feel like a lot of the big name guys that that were like pretty popular plays, like uh, Montgomery heading in was pretty pretty popular. Um, and I, I don't I didn't look to see how many people played him. I'm guessing a lot of people did though, um, just because the matchup was great. Everything looked great for him, and then he got hurt early on, so he went down. And then Mixon was another one that was really popular, given the matchup and the usage, and and he only scored like six. Jefferson didn't do very much. Uh, I don't think Chase really did very much. Adams didn't really do a whole lot. So like a lot of big name guys really, really were uh, let down. So I love. I, I was gonna mention. I I mean I was really really kicking myself for not playing Gage. Like I I was so high on him heading into the year. And especially with like all those guys out, like I was like, man, I, I thought about playing Gage and then I just didn't, and I was kicking myself for it. Well, you put up ninety baby bowl points. You put Josh Allen in there. Always a good uh, person to put in there. Ninety plus, ninety plus plays by those Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and mm. uh, yeah, then who who else did you put? Who you put in there? Uh, boy, I, I I write down chicken scratch sometimes. I'm trying to think of who your <laughs> running back is here. D- Dak Dak uh, Dalvin, can, Dalvin Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you. Oh, we both put Dalvin Cook in there. That's why I didn't write mm-hmm. it down very very well. I was mad whenever I wrote that down. Hey, he didn't do too bad for the baby bowl. Fourteen baby bowl points, especially with just one arm rob i, I felt like he did really yeah. good with one arm if we should have got an extra half point per arm with that uh every time he does i agree <laughs> you put joe Mixon in there seven baby bowl points for you you paired up stefan diggs with josh allen tyreek hill you you i am rubbing off on you because you put tyreek hill in there he gave you five baby bowl points i put justin jefferson in there he gave me four baby bowl points rob what, what are we doing picking these wide receivers on their worst week man we're burning them I know, and that's the bad part is that you know those guys are gonna gonna go off, um, and they're gonna have big games, and and putting them in in a week where they do bad is just it's so detrimental. It's so detrimental because not only do you not get the points, but then you can't use them on another week where they are gonna get points for other people. So it's 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 frustrating. And Joe Mixon was the same way. Both of your mm-hmm. running backs got hit by injuries there last week. Then you put Amonse Brown in there, 13 baby bowl points, really good wide receiver. Tyler Higby gave you 10 baby bowl points. I had Stafford in there. I, I don't look. Cooper Cup got a touchdown, but he got it on a handoff. Come on, man. Come on, Matthew Stafford <laughs> and Lenny lied to me, and Leonard Fournette did not do what he said he was going to do. I don't think he found the end zone last week. Still got 12 baby bowl points. I found Nelson Aguilar's floor. Nelson Aguilar's floor is around four this year, and I found it. Yeah, I put him in there. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't for Mac Hollins bailing me out there, he gave me 30 baby bull points last week, which I was a good play, but I'll give credit to Pierre on that one for making sure I knew, uh, was, was aware that Mac Hollins was going to be playing a lot last week. And I had Higby and then, of course, Jefferson in there. So we didn't fare too well, Rob. And, of course, Juan Signs did, our week number three winner of the baby bull. You know, it only took me two more years after the last time. 
<laughs> it's been two years? It doesn't feel like two years, does it, Rob? I know. It was I the know. very first one. The very first year you ran it, I got yeah. it, and then I won once in the playoffs. But, yeah, it's been that long, guys. Wow. <laughs> wow. That, that has been a long time. Uh, do you have the overall standings, Rob? And as you do that, let me ask uh, Juan a couple more questions about Hawaii there as we talk Absolutely. a little bit of football about Hawaii. Last time I checked in with you, which two years ago now, we have a – barometer now uh, we talked about prices of like milk and milk was like five dollars a gallon there now or there back then and now i want to say milk's close to five dollars a gallon here in the united states now and on the you know on the mainland what about there in hawaii now what's milk running per gallon uh about nine to ten oh my if you get it on sale six (laughs) fifty What's the price of a gallon of gasoline there in Hawaii? Oh man, uh, I think yeah. The other day it's like almost seven, seven something, almost. We're in the what, low sevens, I think. If I wanted to buy a twenty ounce Mountain Dew, you know, just a bottle of Mountain Dew, what what would that cost me? It's five bucks now. <laughs> oh boy, I don't know. How, I don't. You gotta you gotta be whipping up a lot of holiday sauce. I, I don't even oh, yeah. want to know. <laughs> What a heart surgery costs over there in Hawaii right now. I don't. I don't even want to know what that is. Uh, that's something, man. That's something. So what do you think? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Twenty-five pound bag of flour, like the last time we spoke, was going about twelve dollars a bag for twenty-five pounds, and now it's like twenty-eight. That that's something. That that is crazy. crazy. Right. You gotta grow your own flour, grow your own wheat, get your little wheat <laughs> mill going there. Yeah, side business. I'm working on a farm. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. This should be good. What do you think about those prices, Rob? It's not like that over there in Cleveland area, is it? No, 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 no. Otherwise, I'd be, uh, I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be selling, selling the house, selling the car, <laughs> be, be in rough, rough place. Yeah. Uh, well, well, okay. We got to get distracted. It's going to make me depressed here. Oh, what's, <laughs> what's the overall baby bowl standings, Rob? Give me the top five. So the top five, as it sits right now, is at one, we got uh, Jeff Milliner, Geek Mill, uh, from our winner from last week. We have 410.34. Number two is our winner from week one, Luke Beals, 394.06. Number three is Andrew Cooper, Coupe Fiasco, 388.38. Four is Kevin Starrett, uh, at T. Snivick. 388.26 and 5 is Juan Signs at KBD Cards 363.12. That's good. At KBD Cards uh, over there on Twitter, make sure you're following Juan. Not only does he support a lot of the Baby Bowl products that are over there, or at least uh, Baby Bowl tweets that are over there, but also he has his own card company now. Him and his son that we just talked to, Cadence, they're kind of just dealing and selling some cards right now. How'd you get interested in that, Juan? Is it just something you and your son can do? Yeah, well, I kind of uh, got into it myself again after all these years, and uh, my buddy reached out to me and started talking about it, so my son got interested, and that's how he started learning his players, and he does, like, like Saquon Barkley, he has cards, his rookie cards, and, like, he got a bunch of Jerry Judy rookie cards, so that's how he, like, he knows his players pretty well, and it makes it great for us to do something together, for sure. Yeah, I I don't have a lot. I used to have a lot of cards, and and like you guys know, some so a little bit of, but lost a lot of them in a house fire not, uh, about ten years ago or so. But I had a bunch of cards from when I was a kid. Do do you still collect cards, Rob? Do you have any card collections that you had from when you were a kid? 
I still have all my stuff from when I was a kid. And I mean, I have a ton. I have a ton. Uh, it was mostly all baseball cards from when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I, I have, I mean, I think I have over 500 just Ken Griffey Jr. cards alone. Um, so, so yeah, I have, a, I have a, I have a ton of Ken Griffey Jr. I have a ton from that era. But unfortunately, my brother, he, he had, uh, gotten into the card collecting more, um, uh, the past few years and things like that. And he, he was telling, cause I told him, I was like, man, I really would like to just basically take pictures of these and kind of sell them all if I could, because then, I mean, the whole point of me keeping them is kind of to show my kids or whatever. And, you know, if I have the pictures and <laughs> in my head, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I was like, I, uh, but he, so he told me, he's like, you know, that, that era is kind of like, you know, known as like the era of, of just like, where they overpopulated them and just like it was too saturated. There was so many cards and they're not worth what they should be or things like that. So I never really, really pursued it at that point, but I do have, I still have a ton of them. Give it, give it another 30 years, man. It all comes back around 30 years and and it will be, uh, how how do you price the cards nowadays? One, because I know I used to go to the store. I used to get me a little book and I'd look up all the prices of the cards. It used to take me forever, but it was one of the most fun things to do too. I've always been a number guy, so it was kind of fun to be able to do something like that. How do you how do you price cards nowadays? So now the the basic easiest way is eBay. You just you search up uh, like the player's name, the product, the, what card it is, and the year, and then you go to the icons and look up uh, sold items, and then it shows you like the most recent sold items. Um, now there are a bunch of apps people made and created that you can take a picture of a card and it, uh, it shows you the last sold price on eBay and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. There's a lot of different stuff. E what? E- e- eBay. Oh, eBay. Yeah. I don't Sorry. know what that is, Rob. I've never. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, good job. Uh, good to have you on the program here, Juan. And we're going to go over some of these DraftKings lineups a little bit. Make sure you're following Juan Signs over there on Twitter at KBD Cards. Don't forget to follow Rob Norton at Norton0723 and the show at FI Today with a little underscore. You can forget about following me if I keep putting up 84 points on the baby bowl. I don't even want to say money. Hey, let's look at this Sunday slash Monday slate because that's going to be most effective for the baby bowl projections as well of who we're going to like to play this week the top three quarterbacks on this slate is our josh allen lamar jackson and jalen hurts i think that's going to be safe to say that those three are the top ones each and every week one out of those three which one are you looking forward to playing if you could either on DraftKings or over on baby bowl out of those three which is your favorite hurts hurts yeah you just like jalen the best I think he's on fire right now. He's coming around, and he's, every game it seems like he's picking it up more and more. I don't know. I think he's going to do better things. Now, see, I think that your answer is is a good answer, and I think that you stole Rob Norton's answer, but I'm not positive on that because Rob has been – he's loved Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. That's hmm. all I ever hear. But this week you got Josh Allen going against the Baltimore Ravens defense, Rob, that's really like just giving up tons of – Tons of points through the air. And, of course, Lamar Jackson is on fire as well. And Buffalo's secondary is really banged up. Are you looking at Jalen Hurts, or do you think maybe Doug Peterson knows all of Jalen Hurts' little weaknesses because he's going against Jacksonville, and he's going to be able to exploit those weaknesses this week? Yeah, I think um, I I like Jalen Hurts the best, too. I think I have him ranked as my number one quarterback on the week. Um, And obviously, like you said, I've been been, – 
touting him for a long time. So I, I'm, I'm happy to see him doing, doing awesome. And, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't have too much concern with that. I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville has been pretty good so far, but I, I mean, the Eagles have looked really, really good. Um, and I just think Hertz runs too much to really fail in terms of fantasy wise. Um, so, so yeah, I, uh, I, I really like Hertz. I do like Josh Allen and Lamar both. Um, the Ravens secondary has been pretty brutal. So Josh Allen and the Bills, like obviously they're a great passing offense, explosive offense. They should be able to move the ball a lot. And, and the Bills defense has been pretty good. Um, but Lamar, I mean, is just playing on a different level. So I expect that game to be a shootout, uh, with two of the best quarterbacks in the league. I wonder if Baltimore Ravens and the coaching staff lied to us in the offseason because I know you and I talked a lot about the, on the Baby Bowl of uh, the news and notes and everything like that throughout the throughout the preseason, trying to keep our eye on things and, and trying to keep our pulse on the NFL. And I remember several times reading where they wanted to go back to a running style offense. That's a lie. That's a lie. They are not running the ball. They are throwing the ball. Lamar Jackson is whipping the ball around. I wonder if it's a philosophy of his, so maybe he doesn't get hurt in this contract year. I don't know what it is, Rob, but they lied. Yeah, they might have. They might have at this point, it looks like. Um, yeah, they, uh, they're definitely uh, leaning heavy on uh, Lamar Jackson, and he's, he's come through in a big way. At 51 points is that point total. Looks like a close game right now. It's the only point total on the board, by the way, that's over 50 points. Uh, there's only one game that's under 40 points, too, and that's the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants. The New York Giants are actually projected here, if I'm looking at it right, for 44 points, and the Bears are projected for negative four. Just to, that's, that's my own <laughs> spitefulness, I guess, right there. I think, hey, I think that's pretty close. It may be. One, uh, we got this next little grouping here. We got a Patrick Mahomes all the way down to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Tom Brady in here. I'm gonna stop it all at Tom Brady. Okay. Because I don't know if we need to go any lower whenever we're playing baby bowl uh, people, uh, quarterbacks in this contest that we have. Patrick Mahomes, Murray, Herbert, Wilson, Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. I don't think Dak Prescott's going to be back this, this week. I think they're looking at a week number six. To me, uh, Juan, I think a sneaky play might be a Tom Brady now that he has a healthy room of people. Who do you like best in this group? Uh, I got to agree with Tom Brady as well because he's getting uh, his receivers back, I believe, and he's going to go off. I, that's my feeling. I really feel that's going to happen. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know what else I think is going to happen? If if him and – what's her name? What's his, what's his wife's name? Giselle? Is that yeah? Yep. Giselle, yeah. If him and Giselle can ever, if Giselle ever lets him out of the doghouse, because I think Tom Brady's sleeping in the doghouse right now. Okay, big property, big. I'm, I'm sure it's a very comfortable doghouse Tom Brady has, but I think he's in the doghouse. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in the doghouse with your wife or not. I, I've heard people being in the dog. I've never been in the doghouse personally. But uh, <laughs> if, if he ever, if Giselle ever lets him back in the house, house, and they ever can kiss and make up. I think Tom Brady is going to destroy that. You know how good it feels whenever you kiss and make up with your wife and just how happy you get and you feel like you're on cloud nine and all your worries and everything. Tom Brady looks like he's a worried man right now, Juan. I, I, I see it in his face. I agree with you on that one. 
They need to kiss and make up, man. Just kiss and make up already. For fantasy reasons, Giselle, come on. For fantasy reasons, Rob, am I crazy on that? I, I just that if I ever hear of those two walking down the street with, uh, holding hands again, I'm gonna be like, oh, but it's Tom Brady. Got to buy him while he's low. Got to buy him while he's low. He's about to go off. That's when I think about Tom. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame you. I mean, there's definitely a lot of a lot of stuff circulating around it, and so, so yeah, it would be <laughs> if you hear some uh, good rumors and and things, then uh, it might be time to to uh, make a move there. I do like his price point on DraftKings, Rob, at, at sixty one hundred this week. Uh, his team in total is pretty good too, and it's against Tampa, against Kansas City, so it could be a rather big shootout here between these two. And sixty one hundred is really cheap for a Tom Brady whenever he has a room full of weapons. Yeah, definitely. Um, I do like him a lot. Uh, I think I have him borderline top five, top six this week on my own kind of ranking. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely expecting a, a big game and I'm expecting a, a shootout between these two teams. Uh, Tom Brady is, is he's 12% rostered is what I'm looking at right now. 12% rostered. So everybody's thinking the same thing. I think with, with Tom Brady and, and how cheap his price is. Are we looking at anybody else a little bit cheaper, Rob? Or do you have a favorite out of that group maybe or anybody else that you're just, I, I, a lot of baby bowl talk about Jared Goff going into the Hall of Fame, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I was going to say Jared Goff. I don't mind Jared Goff, honestly. Um, He's he's in a decent matchup this week. Um, honestly, on the other side of the ball, I, I actually like Geno Smith a lot. Um, I think uh, you know, especially even on DraftKings, he's only five point four k playing at Detroit. Detroit's let up a ton of passing so far. Um, they're in a dome. Uh, Seattle got on on track last week with the they, first two games they were super slow paced, and then last week they they ran a lot of plays and a lot of pass plays. So. I'm hoping that that trend continues this week. Um, and then, you know, Detroit is a good enough offense. They obviously, uh, you know, have a good, good enough offense that they can keep up. So, um, we mentioned a couple times on this, on, on this podcast already about, about Detroit being a carnival type team where they're, they're, you know, bad defense, good offense. So they're just going to get in a lot of shootouts. And, uh, so Geno Smith, especially on DraftKings, I'm actually even kind of debating him in, in baby ball. I, I like him a lot. So. Um, I don't know if I'll go there, uh, cause it's Gino <laughs> and, and, and it's to the point where like, you know, we talk about it every year where you only have to play 17 quarterbacks. And like, if you listed down 17, I don't think Gino is probably making that top 17. <laughs> so I, it's not like I would have to play Gino this year. Um, so it's something where I'm, it's kind of, I'm, it's kind of tearing at me back and forth because I have Gino pretty, pretty high ranked this week. And so I, I like him. But at the same time, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't ever have to play him. So, right. <laughs> and, and that's where that's where the baby bowl comes in and makes it special because it is a different look than a DraftKings look or even a redraft or a dynasty look. Uh, whenever we think about playing a Geno Smith, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just play him in DraftKings and get our little taste of Geno Smith for the week. But we don't have to necessarily play him in Baby Bowl because we're not forced to do so. Uh, and we're not looking at a price point or we're not looking at anything like that. And so that's what makes, for me, the Baby Bowl just a little bit unique. But yeah, going against that Detroit offense. And, and it, by the way, like Tyler Lockett's getting 11 looks the last couple of weeks and and it looked like dk metcalf and they finally said hey we gotta we gotta step this playbook up a little bit here and get dk the ball a little bit more so i like what you're saying i don't know if i can trust him to do it two weeks in a row 
Rob, just mm-hmm. because I've yeah. seen two years in a row of very slow-paced offenses, and I just don't know that I can trust them. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. That's a, that's the one thing is like even even the years it was like even the years they had uh, Russ and he was you know he was doing awesome and there was a whole let Russ cook thing and all this all this stuff. So he he uh, you know he had a stretch even I think it was one year he had a stretch the first half of the year basically where they were, he was awesome and they were letting him throw more and then all of a sudden Pete Carroll was gonna Pete Carroll and he's gonna establish the run. So it's uh, it's it's something that's always in the back of your mind anytime you want to play uh, any part of a Seattle passing game is Pete Carroll's tendencies. All right. Well, Juan, we're over here on the running back room now looking at a little bit of these running backs right here. And and Cadence might not be right there, so I'm going to have to lean on your wisdom right now, Juan, to be able to do this. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Saquon Barkley, or Nick Chubb. Uh, going right there in the top five running backs Christian McCaffrey of course is dealing with a thigh injury I don't think it's as serious as maybe people were hyping it up to be today uh I know he's been banged up a little bit in the past and even earlier this week but it doesn't look like he's going to miss time to me so I'll just include him in that group and which one do you like best out of those five uh Juan uh well I have Nick Chubb on my couple of my fantasy teams and that's who I'm gonna be rolling with in that this weekend too <laughs> okay uh, he he you know i saw him last week and he just looks like he's gotten shorter or something it, nick chubb i don't i don't know what it is he looks like a little bowling ball out there right now he's fast though isn't he so much power behind those legs man if you watch him it's so crazy to watch him just run through guys he, he doesn't look the same to me i don't know maybe i have a wrong impression of nick chubb rob it, it just I don't know. Maybe he's changed his padding this year. I know you're a big <laughs> Cleveland Browns guy. Is, is something changed, or is my eyes just getting older? Because I'll believe the last one too. Yeah, no, he he um, he he's always an interesting guy out there because he looks. Every time I watch him, I do agree with you. Again, he like kind of looks short, and he like, and then he looks like. He looks like short and stout and he looks like he's just, but then he's just like, he's like shot out of a cannon and then he just like, guys can't, can't bring him down. He's always moving forward. He looks kind of old school the way he runs too. Yeah. And like, he's, 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 he's fun player to watch for sure. He does. He looks like a little teapot out there on the, on the field. He's a little teapot, short and stout. I'm Nick Chubb trying to catch me now. I, you know, I don't know how that little song would go, but he looks, pretty, he looks like a little teapot. Uh, I like, uh, personally out of this group here, I love the usage that Derrick Henry had last week, Rob. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that in Indianapolis or not, but I think the coaching staff needs victories and they know that Derrick Henry is their best shot at doing that. Who's your favorite out of these top five right now? McCaffrey. <laughs> that's for that's it's for me it's McCaffrey pretty much almost every week. Um I know he hasn't been like putting up the same numbers as before, but his usage is still still awesome. Um so yeah, he's he's my number one ranked heading into the week right now. So um yeah, I, I have no problem playing McCaffrey any given week. I already used him in Baby Bowl, otherwise I'd be probably playing him. So yeah, um, if you haven't used them, go ahead and use them. I like that, too, on DraftKings, just because the questionable and all the talk about him this week probably will scare a lot of people from using him. So I, I like what you're saying there. Uh, that's one of the things Pierre has taught me over the years. If it's got a Q tag on there, don't don't read into it too much unless you know the guy's going to be hurt. But a lot of people will get scared off of him. Speaking of being scared, one, I'm always scared to play uh, DeAndre Swift each and every week. And it looks like... Jamal Williams is actually the better 
I don't know, goal line back there, the guy putting up more fantasy points. I, I don't know. It just it looks like he's getting the touches that I'd like to see at DraftKings because he's always at a cheaper price point. Out of this next big tier here, do you have a favorite person that jumps out at you, Juan? Out of the second tier? But, yeah. Um, you know, I if Swift doesn't play Williams, Jamal Williams is looking good for me. I have him in one of my DraftKings, actually, that I do, like a free one with my friends. uh but I put him in there this week as well because I'm he's good he's strong. Yeah, sixty one hundred too is a good price point yeah. when he's sharing the backfield with uh, Swift. It, it seems like it's come up a little bit because he's scored two touchdowns I think last week. And so if you think that he has the backfield to himself, that sixty one hundred looks like a real good price point uh, for me as well. Rob, I like James Robinson going against – well, I, I, I take that back. I like James Robinson season long. I don't like him against that Philadelphia defense because that defense just seems really stout, Rob. I, I know they got a 24, a green 24 by there, but I, I just don't believe it. I think they are going to try to – it. Who, who do you think has this advantage, Rob? Do you think Philadelphia or Jacksonville? Because I keep going back and forth about whose revenge game is it. It's Doug Peterson's revenge game, but it's Philadelphia hmm. – you know, front office, but I don't think it's necessarily his revenge game against the players. But I think those players and that last year that Doug Peterson handled things, you remember how crazy that got where they were benching people and, and just, I mean, it seemed like it got crazy there for me in Philadelphia. And Doug Peterson to me was the problem on the field. It wasn't necessarily the front office. I thought Doug Peterson was trying to get at the front office by not playing the players the front office gave him to play. Yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting situation, um, to say the least, for sure. Um, yeah, in regards to you know James Robinson, I I like James Robinson, but I do have him ranked I think lower than consensus this week and lower than what he's been doing. I do think Philadelphia is just a good team, and not only that, but I had been mentioning to some people um, earlier. I actually you know it's one of the one of the uh, one of the questions that got brought up in a in a different Discord that I was in was. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Brandon Cooks for James Robinson and Debo Samuel. And I was like the only one that wanted the Dalvin Cook, James or Brandon Cooks side. And I was bringing up some points about James Robinson that, you know, James Robinson. So everyone, he's been awesome, right? So the thing is though, they haven't, they've, they haven't really trailed much in any game so far like uh they've been only down by four or more points 24 percent of their plays last year throughout the entire season they were down four or more points on 68 percent of their plays Hmm. so it was a huge shift right now and but here's here's the thing is when um when the jaguars have been in down a long down and distance uh, situations. Travis Etienne's been on the field 76% of snaps. When they've been in two-minute offense, Travis Etienne's been in 93% of snaps. So the problem is, is for ET, problem is for Etienne is that they just haven't been in those situations much. But the thing is, do you expect the Jaguars to continue to just dominate teams? Or right. I mean, I'm not expecting that. So if they if, if Etienne has been on the field for basically all the snaps and those situations start occurring more often, that's worrisome to me for James Robinson. Um, I still think he'll be fine. I still think he'll be good enough. Um, but I just don't expect to see this kind of production split when it comes down to it. So for me, I guess it's a long winded way of saying that, uh, you know, this week I'm a little bit more worried considering, uh, how, how good I think the Eagles are. And I do think personally, I actually sold off, uh, James Robinson in one league 
this this week already, and uh, if I had them in others, I'd probably be looking to sell. Now, at ETN's yards per touch is just it, to me, it's it's ready for explosion. You know, it's already high up there on yards per touch or carrier, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. It's already up there. So to me, he has that explosiveness still in his legs. We got to remember, this is only his third game in the NFL. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and you're talking about NFL game speed and everything being so fast. And he hasn't been playing in a year and a half, almost two years, however long it's been. It's been a long time. And to me, for him to be able to have that many yards per touch it, it just the explosion is still there he's ready to burst if it can ever if the opportunities ever come that much and i think they're trying to ease him back into any kind of role uh there uh, give me a couple of names rob maybe on DraftKings that you're looking at that are uh, really cheap options that may be good i'm going to give you one because I, uh, green bay is favored by a lot with brian hoyer as the quarterback heading in for new england heading into green bay i like aj Dillon at 6k i think he's going to be able to pay off that price point real well i don't mind aaron jones either because you know aaron jones could have those huge explosion games and i think mm-hmm. to differentiate myself a little bit in DraftKings, i may just play them both i in a in a DraftKings lineup like this one. Yeah, definitely. No, that make it uh, makes sense for sure. Especially if they get a big lead and just lean on that run. So, which is kind of what I expect them to do. So, um, Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams are kind of my two favorite. Um, which makes sense. I mean, they're the uh, you know the good good backup basically comes in and gets to become a workhorse situation uh and we see it you know happen all the time and they're usually underpriced especially if they've played you know later in the in the week or later in like they're in any kind of primetime game or later game or anything like that and if there's any there's if there's any question about whether the starter is going to play or not like in Khalil Herbert's case um we didn't know for sure but it's definitely trending towards Monty being out and so Herbert at 5.7 K in, in draft on DraftKings is looking really good against the Giants. And then Jamal Williams in that same offensive environment that we were talking about with the Detroit Seattle game at 6.1 K. So I like that call out by, uh, by Juan too. Yeah, definitely. It, it, Rob, if you and I were ever young men and we hung out in a, in a group, you know, if we ever went out on <laughs> Friday night, Saturday night, and we ever went out on town, we'd be in the, 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 the main girl, you know, how girls travel in packs. You know what I mean? Like they got packed them. You'd always be looking for the backup girl is what you'd be looking for. And I'd always be looking for the cheap options. All right. So we, like, the, like the, the, you know, the headliners would be really, they would, they would be safe and sound in our, in our environment that we would never. I think so. I think so. I think you're onto something there. <laughs> I don't know if I'm onto something or not. Hey, wide receivers, Juan, we got, we got a lot of wide receivers. I want to talk a little bit about this. Thursday night game, because we all three are kind of watching it right now. Our eyes are on that a little bit. And, man, two, we got this game going. It's a good game. It's a it's a good game. It's 14-12 to 12 Bengals right now heading into the third quarter. And right before we got on the air, uh, it kind of set shockwaves through us. We haven't been able to talk about it. I think I've digested it a little bit. But, man, that hit on Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, Juan, you you asked me if I saw it, and I didn't see it, so I had to hurry up and turn on TV because I was trying to get ready for the show a little bit more. And man, that was a vicious hit, Juan. You you brought my eyes to it. What did you think about all that? Man, all I could think is I hope he's all right because it looked really bad. Yeah, but it was shocking. It was kind of shocking to see him like that too. You know. Yeah. Uh, overall, game wise, I I didn't expect Miami. 
one to still be hanging in here after they had to face the Buffalo Bills and all the plays that the Buffalo Bills ran last week in that 90-degree Miami heat. I really thought Miami would be out of gas, and maybe as this game goes on, we'll be able to see that a little bit more because I, I just don't know how you recover from a Sunday game like that where a Buffalo Bill team runs 90-something plays. I think uh, usually in the NFL they run uh, 55, 60 plays somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, Cincinnati actually has – the highest plays per game at 75, I think, headed into this season. So for 95 plays, that's a lot of plays. Maybe we'll see uh, Miami run out of gas here pretty soon, Juan. Yeah, I, that's crazy. I don't think I could do that. There's no way. Four day, <laughs> what is that, like a three-and-a-half-day turnaround almost? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, it depends on what time zone you're in. Right, you know, it, it depends. depends. <laughs> yeah. It, and Tua's on Hawaii time probably still. So, oh, boy, how, how does he live life? I don't know how he does that. What do, you, what do you think about this game, Rob, tonight here on Thursday night? Uh, Joe Burrow, he looks a little shaky back there. He always gets those big plays. But uh, Joe, Joe Burrow puts his receivers in some compromising situations. They always take some big hits. Yeah, as I say, Higgins has been taking some big hits the first few weeks. And uh, I was glad to see Higgins uh, bust off that big touchdown. Uh, a little bit, you know, in the first half. And that was, that was great to see. Um, you know, I have a lot of Higgins, so that was great for me personally, but I just like him as a player too. I, I mean, I like the Bengals offense in general. I really like Mixon, really like Higgins, Chase, all these guys. So, um, they're really a fun team. Uh, yeah. And, and as you mentioned, man, that hit onto a, it was just, I mean, his head just whipped to the ground. And, and so, you know, especially after last week, it's pretty, Pretty scary stuff, and I've been seeing, you know, I've been kind of scrolling Twitter. There's, there's some like serious concern about. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I'm no doctor or anything, but just seeing some of what the doctors have been saying, the doctors, like actual doctors, on Twitter have been talking about, uh, you know, second impact syndrome, where, where you know, it's actually like really, really dangerous. So, hopefully. Hopefully we're going to see, uh, hear some good reports. And I know we saw, I saw a report at least where he had movement in extremities and things like that. So hopefully that's a good sign. He can keep improving because that was, that was scary. Yeah. And, and, you know, definitely the way his body reacted there it looked like a neurological thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. So yeah, they could take it easy though. Teddy Bridgewater, he can come in there. He's a, he's a smart guy. Teddy Two Gloves is back in there at, at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Seeing him get some more run, maybe that opens up another quarterback for us here in the Baby Bowl. I don't know when I'd be playing Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if we make our top 17 or not, but hey, uh, get well soon, Tua. Get well soon. All those people down here in Alabama wishing that. Let's look at these wide receivers. Uh, Cooper Cup, of course, is at 9,900 uh, this week. And we got all the way down one, all the way down to A.J. Brown. I'll, I'll go down to, well, no, let's go all the way down to Marquise Brown with Arizona, who saw a ton of targets last week. Going to get those Carolina Panthers, so I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that this week. Juan, I got a question for you. Yes. Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs rest of season? Right now, Stephon Diggs, I believe, is probably on all, he's at least on half-point PPR charts, being the, he's the number one wide receiver. Who do you think will finish as the number one wide receiver, I guess, out of that whole group, but really Stephon Diggs or Cooper Cup? Man, that's that's so hard. Like They're both having great starts of the season right now, but I, I want to see Diggs do it. I want to see him be the, the number one receiver, and I think it's possible. It is possible. I The, the volume is there. They have more weapons in Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie. I think they have to keep their eye on that. 
They have yeah. two or three running backs that people have to keep their eye on now. And, of course, Josh Allen can always pull it down and run. That, that's just a really tough offense for those defenses to figure out, one. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's so many options there, and that's just the availability for Josh Allen to have, you know. And I don't know. I think it's going to be a high-powered offense regardless, and Cooper Cup's going to do Cooper Cup things no matter what we want. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy to see the fantasy points per game between those guys. Uh, whenever you just look at the difference there, Amon St. Brown is, is third, Rob, at 25.4. Stephon Diggs is at 30.5 DraftKings points. Cooper Cup at 29 DraftKings points. Pittman's at 22. And, I mean, there's a small crowd there at 20s. It, talk about positional what, advantages. I think that's what we call it whenever we think about tight ends and we think about Kelsey and Andrews. This year, it seems like it's even more so in the quarterback room than in the tight end room. You have those top three quarterbacks that we had talked about earlier between Hertz and, and Allen and uh, Lamar Jackson. I'm almost wondering who needs to go first in redraft leagues next year, or is it still just running backs, Rob? I, I don't I don't know what to do next year in redraft. I know it's only week number four here. We don't need to think that far ahead, but I can't help but think about redraft leagues next year. Yeah, I know. That's a big talk. Um, you know, it seems like all the top running backs really are kind of disappointing. Um, and all the receivers, are, not all the receivers, but a lot of them are, are really going off. So that's the big thing right now is that, you know, zero RB is kind of people, people are, uh, who went zero RB are really, uh, taking the victory laps right now. And I mean, it just, for me, it's just going to come down to just, I, I kind of, you know, I don't always do it one way or another. Um, I kind of always tier base my, my rankings regardless. And so like, you know, this year I had like a top three to five. I, it would end up being about five running backs that I felt were like above the rest. And if those kind of if those guys were available, I was looking towards them a little bit. Um, but I, I also wasn't I was also taking receivers higher than ever, too. At the same time, like I was taking Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson as high as three overall. So, um, yeah, I think it'll just depend more upon the player and what we see the rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, you can't deny the fact that these uh, the, just the game has become more pass happy. And then the players, the receivers are really benefiting from it. Yeah, and they're all pulled together, so I don't know how big of an advantage is right. to take a wide receiver really high up on the board. There seems to be an advantage to taking a running back because they're just so hard to find, but we don't know which one it's going to be, and it's not any of the ones we thought it was going to be. So uh, what's the point in taking one of those? When you look at a tight end, Andrews and Kelsey are doing kind of their thing. Kelsey's not real. Andrews is way up there, and then I see those top three quarterbacks. I'm like, man, that's like 40 extra points so far this this year. That'd be 12 extra points per week, if not more, over my over my opponents. I should have took a quarterback first. I, I you know, whatever you want to do next year in redraft. Uh, speaking of drafting, what about these DraftKings draft? Who do you like best, Rob? We're running out of time again. We we made it to the wide receivers before we we're running out of time. But <laughs> which one do you like best out of this top tiered group? I like Cooper Cup, um, pretty much always. But um, you know, I I do love you know. A lot of a lot of the other ones as well. Uh, I think I have Cooper Cup as my top guy on the week, and then it goes something like Jefferson, Diggs, Adams, Amonra, in that in that kind of range. So, um, you know, I like I like all of them. Um, you know, the guys for for DraftKings purposes, you know, in terms of like point per dollar and uh, guys that are surprisingly high ranked this week is um, 
Deontay, Deontay Johnson at 6K looks nice to me. Um, Brandon Cooks, 5.8K. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 5.9K. Um, mentioned that Seattle and the Detroit game. So the, you know, Lockett's the cheaper of the two between him and Metcalf, almost a thousand cheaper. So, um, I like, I like Lockett as well. And, uh, yeah, so those, those are the kind of guys I'm, I'm looking at for both Baby Bowl and, and DraftKings. Well, I like Rashad Bateman down there at 5,600. He didn't even reach the 6K mark going against that high-powered Buffalo Bill offense. They're going to be in a shootout there on Sunday, I believe, depending on the weather. I'm going to have to check the weather on that one. Uh, I see a lot of raindrops in the forecast for that one. Uh, Juan, do you, do you have any handle, any touch, any any kind of intuition about who might be a, a New York Giant wide receiver now that Sterling Shepard is gone? He was getting 10 targets a game. I guess they're going to have to depend on those young guys now. I, I can't see Richie James doing it. No, I mean, Kenny Galladay is there, but he's not, do, it's, he's not doing anything either right now. You would think he would step up, but, man, I don't know. That's kind of hard. And is uh – oh, man, I'm, now I'm drawing a name blank, but Kadarius Tony is he still, yeah. like, in the doghouse with him and stuff, right? He's not really playing that much. Right, right, and you know you're right on that. So I don't, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Maybe it'll be a tight end room yeah. there in New York. Speaking of tight ends, Rob, do you have any favorite tight ends here? Do you got a Kelsey or an Andrews preference? I have no idea why Kelsey is priced higher than Mark Andrews. I have that doesn't make any sense to me here on this slate. Uh, Kelsey's at seventy seven hundred, and Andrews is at seventy one hundred. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, so I do have Kelsey like slightly above Andrews, but in terms of like points per dollar, I would rather take Andrews. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, Andrews, those guys are kind of clear cut above the rest. Um, you know, I think, I think we mentioned that the Detroit and Seattle game, Hawkinson in that same, same game is, is looking, looking solid. Um, and I like what I saw from Njoku last week too. So he's a, he's a good option as well. Okay, I, I don't mind there. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to have to do something. Maybe it'll just be a Saquon Barkley week in Chicago. But, I, you know, they're going to have to kill the clock. That clock is going to go by so fast. Not going to be a lot of plays there. But I'd be looking at that tight end that they have for the New York Giants. I can't remember his name right now. It's Bellinger. Bellinger is what his name is. But I'd be looking to play him. And our guy and our friend Pierre, he really thinks that it will be a – Robert Tunyon week in Green Bay. He, he's gonna he's going to the game in Green Bay, and he thinks that Tunyon is going to be able to uh, put up some numbers this week. Uh, Juan, that's it. That's all from Hawaii. That, that's it. We're 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 done with the Baby Bowl program, but we are so glad we have been able to talk to you again and get a little update from Hawaii. And listen, Juan, I don't care what you got to do. Get Cadence to fill out your lineups for you. I don't I don't know. Get your wife. Get your kids. Get all of them to pick out one player. But I want to be able to talk to you again this year at some point. Whatever gets me back there. Hopefully it's not another two years, though. But, you know, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Juan. Great job. Always a pleasure. Uh, Rob, Rob, are you still there? Yep, I'm there. Oh. <laughs> okay, technical difficulties going on. Hey, Rob, uh, I, I was I, I, Juan is always a great guest, and he's one of the Baby Bowl favorites. I think he was one of the first ones in your league, and I know you've been communicating with Rob, uh, with Juan for years, Rob. Uh, so it's always good to be able to hear you two kind of catch up a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I was uh so so pumped. I the funny part was I didn't even know he had won. Um, 
and so he had messaged me and I didn't even see it till like the next day. And I was, I had, I still hadn't even checked the, the scores or the lineups or anything. I just kind of thought whoever was in the lead was gonna, gonna be winning. And then he messaged me saying something about he won. And I was like, yo, you, you won? Like I was kind of shocked about it. And I, I was like, I gotta, I told him, I was like, I gotta check, check the standings and stuff when I get to work here. And, uh, I was worried maybe he saw it and didn't realize that there was other, the other, because a lot of people have done that where they didn't see there was another league. And so I was like, oh man, I don't want to, I, I really hope he won. I don't want this to be like heartbreaking for him or for he's, he's thinking he won. And then I'm coming in late with a, with a, <laughs> with a miscount basically. So I, I, uh, I checked and he had won. So I was, I was pretty pumped about that, especially, you know, like you said, we, uh, you know, message from time to time and things like that and played in some DraftKings stuff together and things like that. So it's been, it's been awesome to uh, catch up with them. Yeah. And you know, I, I know that's a little confusing to everybody. It's a good problem to have that we have two baby bowl leagues and one in each of the, um, uh, in the, my fantasy league. And we do appreciate everything my fantasy league does for the baby bowl, but it, it, it does get a little bit confusing like that. Uh, whenever we think about having the two things, we got to check the two different leaderboards and everything. But it's a good problem to have, maybe a good problem to address uh, heading into next year. Now that we know that we have that problem, we can address some of those things going into it. But that's because of the growth that has happened in the Baby Bowl, because of the players that are in the Baby Bowl and everybody who has signed up, and Rob, also because of you doing a great job organizing it, putting it all together. You do a fantastic job with it. And uh, I sure am glad the charities are able to reap some of those rewards and all the players in the Discord and all the players in all the chat rooms. Uh, so great job by you again, friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, it's a lot of people that come together and make it happen. And, you know, obviously, you know, I try to do as much as I can to to uh, make it more fun and help out everyone and things like that. So I'm really glad to hear that people really enjoy it and appreciate it. I think it's frustrating for a lot of people too, Rob. I think because you know, like even J.P. Barry, our, our good buddy, I didn't even fish in the top ten. I, I just heard yeah. JP's voice in there. Maybe it was my voice I heard, but I, I, the frustration <laughs> that he had was funny to me. I know, I know, and that's the thing is, like, I try, I try to, I try to. I've made the announcement a bunch of times, but I understand, and I understand, like, not everyone keeps up with like all the chats as well as as other people do and things like that. And so, like, you know, it seems like every week I'll get that message of, of from someone saying why why is the standings look different than what i see and things like that and so i'm i'm like oh here we go again and i i just hope people i just i always just hope people don't aren't too you know upset about it because you know like i said i i they can they can uh scroll back and i've made the announcement before the year every week and yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that so i hope people don't get too upset when they see that there's you know more people really like you said in the in the end it's a good thing having all those extra people yeah, it is. And people think about it a little bit more in, in terms where if we had 150 people sign up and it was somewhere in that neighborhood, that's 10. If you had a 10-team league, that's 15 leagues going on at the same time. That's a lot, man. That's a lot of players going on right now. And uh, my fantasy league only allows, what did you say, 100, 100 people in a room or something like that or 100 players on a, on a league? Yeah, only 100. Okay, so so you know it's a good problem to have, but it was created by all the players who are in the Baby Bowl. So I thank everybody for that problem, and maybe we can address it a little bit more. And I think I think more than anything, JP Barry felt frustration of not making the top ten. Not necessarily that he that he thought he was and that he wasn't. That I think it was like, oh, I can't even make the top ten. You know, <laughs> Baby Bowl is a unique contest, and people underestimate the difficulty of it. But uh, it was great to see Juan win this week. Rob, you and I will be in that winner board here one of these days. I think we're gonna do it. One we're gonna. 
these yep. days. <laughs> Make sure you're following Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore, but more importantly than all those actions, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs>